I did a video a while back called I can't believe 30% of Canadian girls do this. It was about women who get money to, you know, provide company to men. The video is me looking at a website called seekingarrangement.com and then looking through the profiles of these sugar babies. These were mostly young women, college aged, and they're advertising themselves to wealthy men to go on dates with them. A sugar baby and sugar daddy arrangement is where she's paid per date or per meetup or even given like a weekly or monthly allowance to essentially be a girlfriend, an escort. It's like a diet version of prostitution. Now, women trading themselves for money is not necessarily news. It's not interesting, like it's the world's oldest profession. But what's fascinating about the sugar community and sugar babies is that it's extremely common and it's getting more common. And yet you don't see coverage about this in the mainstream media. There's this radio silence. If you want to see the original video, I'll put a link down below. When I released the previous video about sugar babies, I had a lot of people contact me detailing their own personal experiences. And it was fascinating. My plan is that sometime in the future, I'll do a whole separate video showing you some of the feedback I got from men about their experiences in the sugar communities. But this video, I want to share with you the testimonials from two female fans of the channel who worked as sugar babies, and they're going to share their experiences. What they've shared is fascinating stuff. This is raw, real insights, really good information. Okay, let's hear from the first girl as to why she started being a sugar baby. I started my sugar life while I was attending university in a large American city. Friends of mine were doing it and it seemed like a rewarding and fulfilling way to get validation and get someone else to handle the stresses and burdens in my life. It's interesting that one of her motivations were that her friends were doing it. And we know from evolutionary psychology that women are extremely social and the feedback and approval of the group is extremely important. So even though doing something like escorting or being a sugar baby would seem to be pretty out there, it just goes to show that if there are women around you doing it, like all of your friends acting as though it's normal, it's not too difficult to see how a woman would also fall into that trap of going, oh yeah, this is completely normal. I did a video called Unbelievable Story of Shameless Promiscuity, which also demonstrates this point really well, how women influence each other socially and activities and behaviors that would ordinarily seem shocking can suddenly become normal if you're getting enough social approval and feedback around it within a closed community of women. If you haven't seen that video yet, I'll put a link down below. The other motivation that she mentions is the validation. And this makes sense. If you've got a wealthy, attractive man who's literally paying you to spend time with him, well, that's pretty direct proof of your desirability. I can see why a woman would be attracted to that lifestyle. And I can also see what she's saying when she says that she wants somebody else to handle the stresses and burdens of life for her. This isn't surprising. It just plays into what we already know about women. They look to men to provide leadership, security, responsibility. In a sense, having a sugar daddy is the perfect representation of that. You've got a man who is taking care of all of your needs. Women want to be feminine. That's their deepest desire at the bottom of their hearts. But a lot of aspects of life are difficult and they involve struggle and women are forced to be more masculine than they actually want to be. And from that perspective, you can see why being a sugar baby would be really, really attractive as an option for lots of girls. Just get some wealthy older man to handle all of the stuff that you don't enjoy doing, which will allow you to just feel you know, feminine and stay carefree and young and beautiful. You could say that it's exploitative, but really the underlying dynamic is not that different from a traditional marriage. The man is masculine. He's the leader in the relationship. He makes the decisions. He takes responsibility and that allows the woman to stay feminine. The next part is really fascinating. When I completed my degree work, I used my connections to acquire a reasonable starting position. From that point onward, I dropped the sugar life and have earned everything since. She used her life as a sugar baby to meet wealthy, well-connected men, 
and then translated those connections into getting her a good start in her career. It wouldn't surprise me if lots of sugar babies did this. They leveraged the connections they made being a sugar baby with these, you know, titans of industry, these guys who can afford to pay women to go on dates with them and then use it to advance their professional lives. In a sense, a lot of these guys would be unattainable, unreachable if you were just to approach them on the street. They're saying, no, I don't want people asking me favors, but if you put it in this romantic or sexual context, a lot of these guys that are so impressive in one area of their lives are suddenly like little boys again. They don't know how to speak to girls and they probably love the idea of this young, attractive girl asking them for a favor and they feel like a strong, masculine, you know, leadership kind of man when they're able to help a girl in her career. Now, with regards to whether or not being a sugar baby is the same as being a prostitute, she says no. And with all due respect to her, I do disagree, but it's interesting to hear her perspective. She says, being a sugar baby isn't about being a prostitute in the typical definition. It's about being my best self and using that to help someone else become a better, happier person. Yes, I know how it sounds, but at its core, that is what this is about. Again, I don't agree with her, but on the other hand, I've never dated a sugar baby. She explains this sort of self-improvement perspective in her description of a relationship she had with her professor at university. She describes how he would pay her bills and she would take off her clothes and study in front of him, but said that there was never anything really sexual about it because he was married. She says that there were other arrangements that did get sexual, but she said that that was only when she wanted them to. There was no obligation. So that is something that does differentiate this from pure prostitution, because it seems like if you're only interested in just having sex, then maybe being a sugar daddy isn't the way to go, because it seems like you still have to do some seduction. You still have to display some game. She says, In prostitution, the rules and expectations are spelled out plainly and honestly. In sugar life, there is a lot more nuance to the rules and expectations. It is a lot closer to girlfriend of convenience than whore. One really interesting part is when she explains what both genders get out of the arrangement. She says, the daddy gets to flex his pride and show off his resources and brag and be the man that he wants to be, but society or environment, in brackets, work usually, won't allow. That's not hard for me to imagine. A man wants to be a man. He wants to demonstrate his masculinity and break out of this highly feminized culture. He's a wealthy guy and he wants to use his wealth to indulge his primal instincts, the instincts that were guiding men back in ancient times when the rich and powerful would just buy women. That instinct exists inside all men to just conquer and climb to the top of society and secure all the money, all the power, all the women. I'm not saying that's appropriate in a modern context or even a good idea. Limitless ambition is a very quick way to poison your soul. But don't deny that there is a small part of you that wants that. If you don't know that that instinct exists inside yourself, then you are out of touch with your true nature. Also really interesting, listen to her description of what women get out of the arrangement. The baby gets to feel beautiful and appreciated in a way that society and peers and feminism won't allow. This really makes sense because in the modern context, there is something taboo about getting paid to act feminine. It taps into this thrill for doing something dangerous and controversial. Women don't like to admit this, but they have an instinct deep inside them to submit to a powerful man and give him sex in exchange for his resources. I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but we have to play the hands that were dealt, and this is how evolution has designed us. Women are attracted to wealthy guys. Their biology instructs them to be that way. So when you couple ancient evolutionary instincts with this modern taboo, this feminist narrative, which says you should never submit to powerful men in this way, it makes for a very taboo 
exciting adventure for women. She's thinking, finally, as a woman, I get to just dress up and be pretty and laugh at his jokes and be feminine and playful and fun. My focus tonight is on making him feel desirable. I'm just here to be submissive, to be enjoyable company. You can begin to understand that for some women who are also tired of this feminist narrative, sugaring is a means of escape. This is my favorite line that she wrote. The sugar life feeds into something very primal and non-PC, but with a hint of class and without heading into the caveman culture. The last part of her email to me talks about how she was compensated. She'd go to nice restaurants, be bought nice jewelry, nice clothes, and she'd always model them for her sugar daddy. She says that if she ever had a, a debt or a loan or a bill that she couldn't pay, she'd just mention it to one of her sugar daddies and then they would pay it for her. So these arrangements aren't really black and white. You can see there is some nuance to it, and it does seem a little bit more like a regular relationship albeit one that you're paying for. Okay, I'm gonna move on to the second woman now, but before I do, I just wanna thank the first woman for sharing all of these details, allowing us to learn from your experience. She did ask to remain anonymous, which of course we'll respect, but thank you. The second woman is fantastic. She worked extensively as a sugar baby. She knows lots of sugar babies. She always talks to sugar daddies and other people in this community about their arrangements. So she is a wealth of information. The very first thing that she mentions is that we need to make a distinction between the two different types of sugar babies. There's the transaction-based sugar babies and the relationship-based sugar babies. She says, there's a continuum between pay for play slash pay for meat, which I would pretty much call thinly veiled escorting, and long-term exclusive slash marriage-minded, and even non-sexual companion relationships, which are rare but not unheard of. So it would seem that sugar baby is a pretty broad umbrella term that can be used to encompass a lot of different women with different ideas about what that engenders. There's a big spectrum, and some women, while doing this, might genuinely not consider themselves to be escorts, which I think personally is a huge case of cognitive dissonance, but it is interesting that they don't see themselves that way. It's just fascinating to me that this sugar baby thing has blossomed and become as large as it is. It's the most successful rebranding of prostitution that we've ever seen, and it's successfully cracked into the mainstream, at least in the hearts and minds of young girls, all of them who are signing up to these websites. It's just so fascinating to see what kind of mental tricks and rationalizations people come up with and where they draw their lines. You know, they'd say, I would never be a hooker, but I'd be a prostitute. Or I'd never be a prostitute, but I'd be an escort. I'd never be an escort, but I'd be a sugar baby. And they might genuinely believe there are very strong distinctions between all of these professions. This woman backs up what the other girl said, that a lot of sugar babies use their connections to launch their career. She says, lots of these men, especially in the Bay Area, she's in San Francisco, are in the tech or business or finance, and many of the women are looking for career guidance or industry connections, perhaps even more than luxury gifts. She also says that lots of the sugar daddies are married. The line that I've got to hear more than anything else is, I love my wife, but, as in, they're in their 30s to 60s and don't want to get divorced for whatever reason, but the intimacy slash kink, etc. isn't there in the way that they'd like. One guy in his late 30s I saw for a long time said his wife approved of him having sex with women outside of the marriage, but only if he paid for it, in brackets, ostensibly to maintain emotional distance, which I found fascinating. This seems very similar to the reasons that we know men have when they visit prostitutes when they're married. If they're in a sexless marriage with a wife who's basically holding them hostage sexually, then what else are they to do? If she refuses to satisfy his desires within the marriage, He's just going to take matters into his own hands. Of course, there are many men who would never cheat on their wife and would never go onto a sugar website, but that could also be because they simply can't afford it. And it would be an interesting thing to contemplate that if enough men could 
find sexual variety very easily in the sort of nuanced world of sugar babying where you don't really have to believe that you're you know seeing an escort or a prostitute how many men would actually do this now according to this woman the websites for the sugar community have changed over the years you'll remember that i had a lot of frustration in the first video at not being able to find how much sugar babies actually charged for going on dates i wanted to see a very specific breakdown of how much you had to pay and what exactly you could expect in return apparently that's how it used to be it's only changed recently she says the concept and website itself have had a lot more press over the years in brackets, I'm comparing 2013, 2014 to 2019, and it's changed its tone significantly. I think more guys have been burned now by women demanding monthly allowances and then ghosting. They used to be actually drop down fields for expected monthly allowance. So it sounds to me that as time's gone on, there's actually been more power given to the men in these dynamics, which is completely unheard of. That goes against the grain of all the other modern trends when it comes to dating. So sugar communities seem to be the exception. Sounds like a bunch of guys were really sick of women just taking cash up front and then not actually delivering. The other possibility is that having drop down menus where you just click how much you want to pay just made the whole thing seem too much like prostitution and kind of interfered with this whole rebranding effort they've got going on. If you're going to attract lots of women to this, you need to be subtle about it, you know, hint about it. We can't just say this is a website called hookers are us. You've got to call it seekingarrangement.com. She also gave some info on some other types of guys that are interested in uh, dating sugar babies. She says, back in 2013, 14, one of my ongoing arrangements was actually someone I'd call a household name and two were senior VPs or C-level execs at public tech companies. Two of these men I'd say would have a lot of difficulty dating normally. They were interpersonally awkward, detached, and I bet have been burned by women taking advantage of them for their money. So for a guy who's nervous around women because they don't really know what they have to offer a woman, I can understand that dating a sugar baby could actually be a huge relief to them because by paying the girl, you sort of feel like you've already fulfilled your obligation. And then you can focus on just being selfish and enjoying the night for your own sake. She's already got what she wants from you, so you can now relax. The deed is done. Obviously, this isn't a permanent solution to dating problems, but it at least makes sense as to why guys are doing this. This part's interesting. One guy I had a couple of dates with last month mentioned how he has a soft spot for helping out single mums. Some of these men do have a bit of a white knight complex. Men like helping out women. We are evolutionarily designed to do that. And it's fascinating how that need to protect and provide is being exploited by this sugar community and that men are actually fulfilling that need, that biological impulse to protect women by paying these sugar babies. By giving a monthly allowance to some college-aged woman who's struggling to pay off her debts, you can feel that sense of masculine pride at being able to provide for somebody. I mean, in today's day and age, you really can buy anything. It is just fascinating how nuanced the needs are that we're now able to cater for in our market. So how common is sugaring? Now, admittedly, this woman, she lives in the San Francisco area, which is highly progressive. So the results from her community are not necessarily going to be reflective of the entire country or the entire Western world, but it's still interesting what she says. I love bringing this up in social situations if I feel comfortable. What do you do? Oh, I'm a sex worker, etc. I live in a unique community with a lot of openly sexual, progressive, Burning Man, etc. type folks in San Francisco who may have been to orgies or play parties before, so my social situations may be a little skewed. But it's brought about some great conversations, including I'd say about one third of women in their 20s to 30s who, when I mention being a sugar baby, say either, oh, I've done that, or, oh, I've thought about doing that. 
one third. She then goes on to explain that about half of the girls that she speaks to really don't consider it sex work. That's not how they see it. They just see it as normal for a man to provide financially, to buy them gifts, to take them out and treat them. This is where I still get stuck on this whole sugar baby, sugar daddy thing. I haven't made up my mind because I can't tell if this is moral degeneracy and that everything's going backwards or if this is progress and we're, we're just being honest about the exchange between the genders in a way that we've never been before. Are the younger generations, the girls who are being these sugar babies, is this a symptom of moral decay or are they just more at peace with what comes natural to them? I don't want to make this video too long, so I'm going to end it here, but there are a lot more details that she shared with me, including some personal stories that were really, really interesting. For anybody interested in finding out more about this topic and want to do more research, I'm going to post the full transcripts of both of the emails, names excluded of course, on my Patreon for you to read. So that's the end of this video. I will do a part three where I talk about some of the feedback I got from men who were sugar daddies and what their experiences were like.